0: How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees. It's Friday. We're getting one step closer to baseball. And finally, we got some kind of current updates for you guys. Now, Aaron Boone went on the Yankees hot stove with Jack Curry on the S Network yesterday and had some things to discuss regarding Frankie Montas and, of course, DJ LeMahieu. their injury updates. And everything seems to be trending in the right direction, a positive, optimistic direction, which is extremely exciting given the fact that last week we were like, we might not have Montas for the first month of the regular season. Now, that's obviously not what we wanted to hear, considering the fact that Montas was supposed to be our solidified number five. He has ace-level stuff when he's at the top of his game. And having a number five of his caliber is simply unbelievable. Now, luckily, Frankie Montas, they were expecting to take a little bit more time to rehabilitate and get kind of back into his throwing program. Well, luckily... They cleared him uh, for working out, I think, yesterday, so now his throwing program should commence any day now, according to Aaron Boone, which is a really good sign, so we'll kind of discuss that, what that means for this Yankee rotation, and then, of course, C.J. LeMay, who's been working diligently all offseason in Tampa to rehabilitate from that toe injury and how that's going to impact the Yankees this upcoming season, but Ryan, before we dive into it, how you do today, my friend? I'm doing great. You
1: know, when we're looking at where the New York Yankees kind of sit in their rotation, uh, Frankie Montas is an absolutely massive part about of what they're doing in 2023. You know, we're talking super rotation. Frankie Montas being a number five is, I mean, it's quite one hell of an advantage. It really is uh, something that... We don't really see a lot of teams uh, have the opportunity to say, which is that, as you mentioned, they have a guy with ace caliber stuff as their number five. Uh, I know Frankie Montas struggled last season, and that was due to shoulder issues, which makes the inflammation a little more concerning uh, than your standard kind of typical run-of-the-mill injury. Uh, but what is nice to see is that he is starting his throwing program. I believe the Yankees are pretty optimistic that they're going to have him back in the timetable that they kind of set. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a situation where you know Frankie Montas suddenly disappears for two months and you like where are the updates why there no updates you know and and the Yankees are kind of like pushing the a whole I or not push or pushing the idea that he's healthier than he actually is you know this isn't like last year where they were free falling in August the Rays and Jays are kind of creeping up on the Yankees and they were kind of just doing things to try to uh keep themselves from full-on collapsing this is the start of the season everyone's record is oh and oh you know no one's really free falling or uh trying to rebound or anything uh the the Yankees are going to keep montas on schedule uh and and if there are any setbacks they'll they'll pro. they will make sure that they uh handle those i don't think they're gonna be forcing montas back uh quite frankly i expect frankie montas to still be pretty darn good um assuming that he's able to to still have uh, a good feel of all his pitches which is really the important thing here um he'll still be really good i mean i don't expect him to lose much velocity much movement any any you know drastic decrease in his stuff uh he's supposed to still be pretty good so quite frankly i don't have uh, any change in expectations outside of just the innings pitch this year um you know again the have the pitching depth to kind of mitigate that uh and also what this does mean is that i had mentioned this i believe with nick on a live or uh when we're talking about left fielders kind of how you know having no montas affects your ability to trade schmidt or herman having no montas for a month doesn't really affect it as much if you're confident in guys like we mentioned johnny Brito yes uh two days ago you know um if you have a Johnny Brito breakout in camp, you feel a little more comfortable about trading one of those two guys and going out and potentially getting a left fielder as the Yankees still continue to pursue that. But overall, these are really good news for Frankie Montas. People
0: should still be relatively high on him for the 2023 season. Absolutely. Being high on Frankie Montas is something that I think we all could agree on before the injury, at least, you know, optimistic that he was going to be 100%. But now that the news, you know, he may miss a little bit of time, it doesn't seem like it's going to be significant time. Um, We definitely have kind of talked about in, in detail what the Yankees should do if he is forced to miss any time, and, you know, we're really only talking about, like, four or five starts here, and, like, Clark Schmidt, Domingo Terman are the primary guys to take on those supplementary reps, Um, but it doesn't seem like Montez is going to miss a full month of the regular season, you know, starting in March, you know, looking at an April return, I don't think that he's that far off. The fact that he's starting working out today, a little bit of discomfort seems to be alleviated. He's going to get back into it that, you know, we have some of the best trainers in the world with this Yankee team. Now, we do have a lot of injuries, but the rest of the rest of baseball and sports in general these are injuries or something you just have to naturally deal with but frankie montas um this shoulder injury seems to be the same one that carried over from last year which impacted the end of his season you know really struggled with the yankees over what 39.2 innings i believe with the oakland athletics he was a completely different player now we pitched for the first time over 100 innings in 2021 and then you know that dipped from 187 innings to 144 this past season um 2022 so the decrease in innings is a little bit of a concern. Maybe it might not be something to look that much into, but the shoulder injury has been something that's been prevalent for Montas over the past couple of years. Um, he has dealt with some things, and you know the Yankees are going to have to mitigate his workload. They're going to find have to find ways to make sure that he's you know staying healthy, um, and they don't overdo it because they need him for the for the stretch run. They need their number five, whether it's out of the bullpen in the postseason or if he's kicking ass, um, a part of that rotation. Now, if I was to guess, it's going to be Rodon, it's going to be Cole, and it's going to be Severino or. Or, um, Nestor Cortez is their primary three-man rotation, but Montas and Severino out of the bullpen is a very good solution to have on hand. Um, and Severino could end up being better than Nestor Cortez or vice versa. You know, it could go either way this year. It's going to be really fun to watch because of how dangerous and successful this pitching rotation is capable of being. But Montas is a big piece of this. We need him to be healthy. Clark Schmidt, herman do I trust them? I, I-, I trust that they can get the job done while he's out, but he is such an important piece. They cannot supplement him for a full year um, because we know he's capable of but you know Frankie Montas definitely somebody keep an eye on we'll got you guys updated on any news that comes out in the coming weeks here but on to DJ LeMayhew now D.J. LeMahieu's injury, the toe injury, really limited him down the stretch last year. This is a player that, without him, the Yankees really felt it during the postseason. They really struggled to get anything going, um, losing their primary leadoff man. Now, you had Andrew Benintendi. He was not available during the postseason. The Yankees tried to replace him with Glaber Torres, um, a myriad of other options, Aaron Judge hitting uh, leadoff. But ultimately, you need LeMahieu in that role. He played 125 games last year. Some of them, you know, he was dealing with that injury. So his numbers down the stretch really took a hit. He was playing so so well for the first half of the year. His first half was tremendous. Everyone was like, this is the DJ we know. And then the toe injury hits and he progressively starts getting worse and worse and worse. And ultimately he kind of falls off. He ended up hitting 261 with a 357 OBP, 12 homers and 116 WRC+. He was still fantastic despite the injury, despite all the stuff that went on. Someone on Twitter just said to me, DJ hasn't been good in two years. I don't know what the hell that guy was watching, but that's just simply not true. He was really good in the first half of last season before uh, the injury started to take hold. And now he's been working diligently down in Tampa to rehabilitate and Boone said yesterday on the the Yankees hot stuff on Yes Network that he's in a really good place and that they expect him to be 100% healthy for the start of the regular season now Ryan how important is that and the fact that we don't have any really any other leadoff alternatives LeMahieu's health is integral it is essential to the Yankees success this upcoming season making sure he's healthy is one of the priorities that I think the Yankees need to have at the forefront of their mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, looking even just at LeMahieu's overall numbers last year, when you have a 116 WRC+, you had a good season, right? It's it's really hard for you to say you've had a bad season at the plate when you're 16% better than league average. And doing so, the 357 OBP, as you mentioned, you know, that's your leadoff hitter. That's the guy the New York Yankees need to have leading off uh, in 2023, unless, of course, they find an alternative, which... Again, the market just doesn't really have those alternatives available to them. Uh, you know, quite frankly, maybe he's really important to what this team is doing. He's an excellent defensive third baseman as well. You know, not a lot enough people give him credit for just how good he is at the position. Seven defensive runs saved, which is just as much as Josh Donaldson, and four out above average and just 385 innings there is ridiculous, right? He is a really good defensive third baseman, still strong defensively at second base, still strong defensively at first base. He's gonna give you that versatility. You can start him at third. You can lead him off you can play him at second if need be you can hit him fifth if you know Volpe comes up and he becomes a strong leadoff option you know realistically uh it's it's hard to imagine this Yankee team uh without DJ LeMahieu on it and when you do look at this Yankee team without DJ LeMahieu on it uh it looks a lot weaker a lot more exposed um and and quite frankly I I don't think that his 2021 reflects his true talent level the way his 2022 does right I I, you know projections agree with me there at least you know uh he's projected for anywhere between a 106 to 119 WRFC plus kind of the range these different projection systems on Fangraph set him at. Um, you know, I, I would like to see him on the higher side of that, obviously. But, you know, it, it also ob- uh, depends on things like the baseball. You know, I know that this year in particular, opposite field fly balls were particularly hurt by uh, these new baseballs. And that's something that DJ Leahy thrives in. But he was still able to hit 12 home runs in 125 games, which is pretty decent home run power for a guy you're expecting to be a contact first guy. Uh, he doesn't strike out a lot. He walks a ton. These are kind of just things the Yankees like to have at the Top of their lineup. He doesn't, he had actually his worst bat pip at a full season in 2022, which is interesting because, you know, this isn't a guy who runs low bat pip. So uh, it, it will be interesting to see how maybe no shift or, uh, uh, you know, perhaps just being healthy, how that works for him in 2023 and perhaps seeing a little bit of re- a positive regression at bat pip. Uh, but I, I think we're going to see a pretty darn good version of Digital LeMahieu again next year.
0: And, and I think it'll be as a starting third baseman of the New York Yankees. And it should be, if we're being honest here. Now, we've had this discussion in terms of where DJ LeMay should play defensively. They cannot leave him out of the batting order. Um, They're going to have to monitor his health, obviously. They might have to rest him and keep him healthy, which is natural. I'd rather him play 125 games healthy and then be effective in the postseason than play 125 games with a third of those injured and miss the postseason. You know what I mean? Like, there's a big difference there. Um, You know, strategizing his health, strategizing his maintenance is something the Yankees have to do. What is he, 34 years old, 33 years old now? Maybe a little bit... 32, I don't know, something around that range. Um, So as he gets a little bit older, this is something the Yankees are going to have to mitigate down the stretch of his career. But end of the day, you know, when you're looking at him defensively, and they need to have him in the batting order, and he's not going to be DHing. so where is he playing? It's either second base, where Glaber Torres currently is situated, um, or it's third base, on the hot corner, where he was just as good in terms of DRS um, compared to Josh Donaldson. Now, Josh Donaldson and uh, DJ who both had seven defensive runs saved, the difference being DJ who had about 600 innings less than, than Donaldson. Now, Donaldson did have seven outs above average, and uh, DJ had four outs above average, but the sample size is pretty damning when it comes to uh, the quality that DJ who brings as a defensive player to mainly— like. Like every infield position, um, if we're being honest right now, like a lot of people, like, you have to start Donaldson, he's 21 million dollar player. Like, we're paying a shit ton. He, how is Brian Cashman gonna let the Yankees sit him? May I remind you that DJ LeMayhew is making like 15 or 16 million as well. So, how you're not gonna use DJ LeMay, who who is a better player defensively? I'd say he's probably it might be a wash, and then um, offensively, you know, he's head and shoulders above. Donaldson, maybe he doesn't have the same power, but I'd be willing to go out on a limb and say if DJ the he played a full, healthy 162 game season, more like 150 games realistically with the rest included, I think he gets somewhere close to 20 homers. Um, and, you know, obviously that's optimistic given the Yankees have a couple players that do miss some time every year, DJ being one of them. Um, you know, but right now I feel really confident that he can lock down third base. And if they need to supplement, maybe they just go with a platoon. You know, Ryan, what are, what are your thoughts on that aspect? If you're going to go with a platoon at third base right now, are you going with DJ? and josh donaldson are you going with dj and ikf
1: yeah so the interesting thing about a platoon there is that you know we're talking about two right-handed hitters so you're not really going to get the advantage you're looking for uh, in a platoon situation the way you would if you're getting a left-handed hitter and a right-handed hitter uh at at one position so I, i don't know if the uh situation would necessarily be a platoon the way it would be kind of a rotation and i would probably slide with Donaldson as that third baseman over IKF, just because I think IKF is easier to move in a trade uh, situation, you know, Ultimately, if you could ask me which player's contract I'd rather get rid of, it's obviously Josh Donaldson's, uh, but the player who I think is the easier one's move is clearly IKF. So, uh, you know, in, in a sense of like, who would I rather have playing third base alongside LeMayhew next year, it most likely be Donaldson, just because that means that we could have moved IKF. If you have IKF there, that does not mean you move Josh Donaldson, because you probably aren't getting rid of that contract most likely unless you dfa him but you still have to pay him at that point so i'd rather pay donaldson to be on the roster if i have to pay him all his money then pay him all his money to not at all be on the roster um and the way i look at it as well is you know josh donaldson's interesting in the sense that he doesn't project terribly like you know, some projections have him as high as a 110 WRC plus. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, great defense. And like a 110 WRC plus would be pretty darn good at third base. Uh, Ultimately, the way I view it is Josh Donaldson is going to be like Where Gleyber Torres was at the start of 2022, where where it's, you know, LeMahieu and Donaldson were the starting second baseman and third baseman, and Gleyber came off the bench, uh, and Gleyber still played a ton of games, Donaldson still played a ton of games, LeMahieu still played a ton of games, you know, neither of those two guys had significant IL stints until LeMahieu had his in August, and he still played 125 games, so um, ultimately... Uh, I, I still think they'll all get their games in. Um, I just don't, you know, it, it'll just happen somehow. The Yankees always have, you know, you can't always expect everyone to be in, uh, injury free and performing to their pro, uh, projections. So, um, quite frankly, uh, I, I think it's a good problem to have. Uh, the not saying the money thing, but more so the having a bunch of starting caliber infielders on your roster, considering that this team's biggest weakness might most likely is their lineup, uh, and, and so ha- taking as many flyers essentially on guys who can go out and have really good seasons next year uh, on your roster means that you're going to be able to at least hit on one of them, right? If you hit on one of Lemayhu, Glaber and Donaldson, one of them hit kind of their peak performance or whether it's their 80th percentile outcome, you know, that's like near MVP caliber play from one of those Three guys. You already have Judge there. You know what you're getting from Rizzo. You know what you're getting from Stanton. You know, you get that fourth player who really steps up and plays a huge role uh, from those veteran infielders, and you're going to look really good on paper next year. You've got a lot of youth coming in. Uh, Ultimately, I'll feel pretty good about this unit as long as they have, uh, as long as they are able to, one, identify who are the guys playing the best and give, and, you know, prioritize playing them more. And, And number two, make sure they're constantly, you know, as you mentioned, you know, mitigating fatigue with using their young guys. Using Oswaldo Cabrera, uh, Oswald Peraza should be the starting shortstop. You know, Icaf is there. Uh, then making sure they incorporate him every now and then, and just making sure that you are in kind of injury prevention mode, uh, assuming that you get off to
0: a pretty good start. Absolutely, and and during the postseason, DJ Lemayhew's impact it was felt. You know, we 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 did not have that same offensive quality, and. One of the big things about DJ's game is that he complements Aaron Judge perfectly. You know, gets on base, good contact hitter, um, you know, got some. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he can run a little bit on the base pass. Now, having him healthy in front of Aaron Judge is, is a huge point to this Yankees uh, offense, and they need him to be healthy. So, you know, that kind of wraps up this episode discussing some of the health related to these players, but things seem to be trending in the right direction, which is definitely a positive. We're optimistic on the viewpoint of both of these guys. DJ seems to be healthy. There was videos coming out yesterday about him fielding ground balls and hitting the batting cages and letting it loose, and he's feeling really, really good. So that is a great sign for this Yankee team, we're very, very ecstatic about that. But obviously, any new developments, we got you guys covered in the Frankie Montas, DJ LeMahieu front, and any other player on this roster. We got uh, you know spring training coming up in about a month here, and it's going to get really busy. And we got you guys covered with every single piece of news on every single one of our platforms. So make sure to follow, subscribe, and like the video below. And as always, enjoy the rest of your Friday and have a great weekend. Let's go Giants tomorrow, and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.